Well, the Tar Heels are 2-0, but it took a Big Ten basketball score to get there last week at App State. We are going to try to figure out today if North Carolina's defense can show a little bit more this weekend at Georgia State. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, September 9th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I'm joined by the man, Anthony Pagnata, here from uh, Heel Tough Blog, joining me. Great stuff that we had together last week leading up to the App State game before we knew the craziness that would ensue. And uh, we're going to get you ready again this week for the Georgia State game. We want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that the show is free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can subscribe right now so that you don't miss a moment of your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Anthony, before before we get into looking at what's ahead in Atlanta, uh, tomorrow this weekend just just a couple quick takeaways from this 63 61 basketball game from last weekend well I mean first of all I mean you're talking about a basketball game well the Tar Heels played App State this past year and uh man they uh they they looked I, I mean it, it looked like I mean this game actually produced more points than that game did I mean that is just <laughs> stunning like it's unbelievable to think that, but um, it's just, honestly, it took me a while afterwards. You know, I, I mentioned it, you know, when I was, you know, recording my podcast and, and, and just talking with some friends, it took me a minute to sort of sit down and really try to figure out what I had just watched, because this was a team that on one hand looked really, really good offensively. You thought, man, I, I mean, I've said it to a couple of people this week. I think this might be the best offense Carolina's ever had. It's got that yeah. potential. And that's insane because there are so many unbelievable offenses that Carolina has produced over the last few seasons. But then you look on the defensive side of the ball, and, I mean, this may be the worst defense we've ever seen. Like, it's yes. it's unprecedented. You let up 40 points in a quarter. That is the most that the Tar Heels have ever allowed in a quarter. And, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's crazy because – I thought Jones Angel, who, uh, you know, was on with the radio station that I work with in Charlotte, said it best. You know, there was a part where, where a lot of people, I think, thought in that second and third quarter, man, this Toriel defense has gotten it together. They've, they've woken up. They're starting to feel it. But all of a sudden, I don't know what changed in that fourth quarter. I really think it was the penalty that Cameron Kelly took yeah. Um, yeah. with the late hit. After that, everything changed on the dime. And App State just never looked back. And Carolina, from then, it became the craziest game. Really, I mean, I've seen some unreal games. For that one, in <laughs> regulation, to finish with that score, I think that might be the craziest college football game I've ever seen. Yeah, tough call on Cam Kelly there. Uh, kind of looked like he didn't even hit the quarterback, ran into his own guy. That's I, what I, I thought. I don't, I, and I don't know how you expect him to – that's one of those where I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. that's just – and I get it, I understand, but – Okay, so then the question becomes, here's exactly where I want to take that. I I love where you went with that, Anthony. How do the Tar Heels leave that behind 
and then respond in new ways this week, putting that game behind them, allowing the offense to hopefully continue to sizzle at historic levels, as you're talking about, and allowing the divide between the offense and defense to maybe shrink a little bit to where the defense starts to catch up. Well, one of the biggest keys is that I think just, you know, both sides of the ball, you got to kind of realize that, look, this was probably an outlier game. Like you you will mm-hmm. not play. Hopefully we will not play many more games like that the rest of the way. Um, so you got to realize that, look, you did some really good things, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, you did, you, you saw a couple of guys break out like Kobe Peso or some, some of those yeah. guys, you can still sustain that. And, and that's something that you, you can bring into the next game. But there's a lot of stuff that, look, th- there were some routines that we got into in game that we've got to make sure we don't carry over into this week. And I think defensively, it's just, look, we got to uh, – clearly they went back and watched the tape. They had to. There were so many missed tackles and missed assignments that you got to go back and, and really find out what went wrong. But really now it's time to put that behind you and say, look, we've struggled out of the gate so far. But, guys, there is talent in this room. We've got to figure it out because it, it can't – I've, I've said it multiple times over the past couple of years, and, and I'm, I, I'm hating that I'm having to say it again to start this year. <laughs> there is no way that this much talent – they have you have all these four and five star guys. There's no way that every one of these guys is a bust. There has to be somebody. That's so it's call. it's about trying. You have to be able to step up and just. I mean, look, you've got to be the leader. These guys have to put it on themselves to say, look, I'm going to be the guy that's going to step up. I'm the guy that's going to try to take this defense to the next level, and we'll see if they can do it against the Georgia State team that a lot of people have had really high praise for. And, you know, look, I mean, they, they, they didn't look great against South Carolina, no. but they were stingy. They did some really good things. So it's going to be a challenge. Yes, for sure. And this is a team that Carolina uh, kind of had their way with a little bit last year in Keenan. They're going to be looking for redemption. Now, as we talk about Georgia State, yes, they were in this true road environment last weekend in South Carolina. But now they host for the first time in program history, a power five school in Atlanta. What what does that I mean? You, you we talked about the environment last week in App State. What does this kind of environment do where you're bringing a power five team in for the first time ever? Not to mention trying to get revenge from last year, a little bit of rebound from last week, all of that. What does that do for this environment? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because we don't really know a lot about this. We've never seen a power five <laughs> school go there, so we don't know what exactly the excitement level is. Um, you know, for a lot of people, it's probably the, the most interesting part of, of this game is probably the fact that uh, not only is Carolina the first team to go there, but it's also for a lot of Toriel fans. They are Braves fans. It's the old Turner Field. That's where it's been renovated. Um, so it's going to look a lot different. But um, it, it's yeah, it's going to be weird because I think that this is probably going to be a pretty crazy environment. But we heard so much about the App State environment, and what that that was going to bring. We haven't really heard a lot about what this environment's going to bring. So Carolina's got to be prepared. That needs to be pushed home by the coaching staff. That look, this could be a, a pretty interesting environment as well. Um, and look, Carolina got the win on the road, but that yeah. was far from the cleanest uh, game, to say the least. And, you know, early on, it looked like there were some concerns that maybe the environment was getting to them when you were down 21 to 7. So we'll have to see. Um, it certainly plays a factor. 
Um, I think more of the factor is, is that this is a much more, a much improved team from early on last year when you played them. It's a team that has a lot more belief. Sean Elliott is a guy that has really instilled some confidence in that program. And they're coming off an eight-win year. That's the most wins that they had, they've had since they've came to the FBS level. And there are a lot of people that think that they are – now, I'm not saying that they're going to win the Sun Belt. I think most people sure. probably comfortably believe that is App State, Coastal Carolina – but they're probably the third, fourth best team in that conference. That's pretty solid. So Carolina's yeah. got another challenge that's on their hands, and we'll see if they're able to handle it. And hopefully, not looking forward after you know being relieved to get out of Boone with that <laughs> game against Notre Dame that is going to get talked up a ton if they win this game. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And um, I mean, there there is. A lot uh, to that. Well, last week we had talked about how we, our hope was both that Carolina would come out and smash App State in the mouth. They didn't, but I think we both loved how they got up off the mat from that 21-7 deficit, 34 nothing run before that whole crazy fourth quarter. And so maybe this is the week that they hit them in the mouth early and never look back. We'll have to wait and see. Now, for those of you, just a quick aside, this isn't Tar Heels related in any way, but Mr. Anthony is a big, fat, huge Mets fan. I'm a big, fat, huge Braves fan. And we have this, he talked about Turner Field. There is a crazy race going on in the NL East right now. And uh, I know Anthony and I are both very nervous uh, to see how that's going to unfold. So uh, best of luck down the stretch to the Metropolitans, Mr. Pagnata. Yeah, well, best of luck to your Braves who look like they uh, they can, they don't lose. So you know the Mets they they they've tried to start losing here to some of the worst teams in the league, uh, but they have turned it around uh, as of today. Ho- hopefully, they can turn it around in the right direction. We'll have to see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, crazy stuff. Always fun. Love September and October baseball. It's fun. Both teams are going to be in the playoffs. It'll be a blast. Well, in just a second, we're going to look more in depth at how this game will play out when North Carolina has the ball right after I tell you about Bet Online, which is your number one source for pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. In fact, just last night, we had our first NFL game of the year. Find all the latest football league developments game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is your continued source for your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and even golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, so Mr. Anthony, this for those who this is your first time tuning into our football game preview, here's the way we do this. We're going to look at four things that Anthony is looking for uh, when Carolina has the ball. I might chip in a few afterwards, and then we'll do the same thing in just a minute on the other side. Anthony, what do you have, brother? Well, I mean, look, when Carolina has the ball, how can you not be watching Drake May and looking at what this guy is doing? I mean, he's off to a tremendous start. He's already drawing comparisons. I mean, there's some people comparing him to Trevor Lawrence, to Justin Herbert. Um, and I so think, you know, a, yeah. a lot of people will take those comparisons. Um, but you're talking about a guy that is right now leading all of college football and passing yards and passing touchdowns. I want to see if this continues. Is this a guy that continues to look just this natural 
with, no. you know, how, how well he, you know, can stand in the pocket and make throws. I think his decision-making, is that something that sort of continues at this level? And really you want to see how does he handle the hype? Because this is a guy that is going to start being talked about more and more as the season goes along. He's already one of those guys that is starting to show up on a lot of those national feeds. A lot of the national guys are starting to talk about him. So can he handle being talked about this much? And can he continue to sort of improve upon what he's done so far? I know it seems tough, but, um, you know, against stiffer competition, we're going to see, you know, how well he handles himself. Uh, I said last week, you know, I didn't know if he would be able to sort of replicate that first game performance. Well, he did, and he looked probably even better. better, Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to replicate it again, but you just want to see a guy that's under control. And for me, I want to see him to get the ability to continue to spread that football around. Because yes. that's the thing that I think he's done so much better than Sam Howell did at his time at UNC. And I, to, to be honest with you, it's not really a slight at Sam Howell. I think nope. last nope. year, you know, one of the talking points was we, especially early in the season before Antoine Green sort of broke out, was that guys weren't creating separation. This year, the guys are. You're seeing the young tight end step up. And, yep. this, and, and for Drake, it is working out perfect because he's a guy that – you know, as I saw in high school, can spread it around to any of the guys that are on the field. He doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care, you know, in high school, what offers you had, whatever. If you're open, he's going to give you the football. He's <laughs> going to let you produce. And he's done it so well so far. So, I mean, that's that that's number one on my list. Number two, you know, I'm kind of interested to see what does that backfield rotation look yeah, like in this game. Yeah. Because, you know, Omari and Hampton – you know, he, he took the most uh, carries of anybody in that backfield, and they really didn't run the ball a ton the other day. Frankly, they they couldn't. They they had to keep throwing the football. At one point, they had to get themselves back into the game. Then, you know, it was working out well, so they kind of stuck with it. And then late in the game, you were just trying to match App State and make sure you stayed ahead. So, I, I mean, what is that? Yeah, a lot of game script to that. Yeah. I mean, see, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, are, are we going to see, you know, more of Amari and Hampton who look, I mean, only had eight carries for 17 yards, but did get a, a, a touchdown. Um, I thought George Petaway looked pretty good. He had six carries for 34 in the touchdown, um, showed some nice speed again. Um, hopefully Caleb Hood can go. I can't believe yeah. that he is a guy that's listed on the injury report. Uh, as a game time decision because he had injury issues last year. They extended into the offseason this year. And it looks like he comes out, he makes a huge play for Carolina, the 71-yard run to stunt the momentum of App State. And now he shows up on the injury report. I thought for sure after that, you probably had your three main contributors and DJ Jones would be that guy that could help you out sometimes. But then you have DJ Jones make the big play on the touchdown oh, reception that makes boy. it 56 49. Yeah. So, how do they, you know, continue to work that that group in the backfield? Um, because you feel like at some point they're going to have to get down to three guys. So, they, they've got to start making decisions. I don't think the red, I don't think the true freshmen rather are going anywhere. So, how yeah. do they work through that? Yeah. Um, wide receiver, I think clearly the most interesting storyline there is what what is the status of Josh Downs? Does he play in this game? Um, I, that's one of those where I've seen some people that say, hey, sit him out 
and let's just roll with the guys that we have. We have enough talent in that room, and it seems like there's enough guys ready to produce in that room to be able to sort of mask that for another week. But there's other people that say, hey, we don't really want to take that risk. Let's see Josh Downs back out there and get him back into a rhythm before we play Notre Dame. So what is the what does the Toriel coaching staff think about that? Um, and, you know, uh, even regardless, I think of w- whatever scenario it is, how do they use Kobe Pesor in this yeah. game? Because yeah. you brought him in. He was a guy that was, you know, listed as a as a blue team member by Matt Brown before the season started. But I think a lot of people with what we had heard in the summer and, and early in fall camp thought, man, this guy is probably going to be a starter. And we're maybe a little discouraged when they didn't see his name on there. Now, how are you going to use him? <laughs> Even if Josh Downs is out there, you got to get this dude snapped. You got to get him out. Yep. You don't, you don't catch eight passes on eight targets for 92 yards, including, by the way, one of my favorite stats of the day from him. His last four catches of the day were on third down. I mean, just tremendous. I mean, you're talking about a dude that made the big plays when he needed to. So how do they work that rotation? And then number four, I think the biggest – one of the things that if you watch that game against South Carolina – from Georgia State the other night, the thing you noticed the most was they got pressure on Spencer Radler. Is that Georgia State's defensive line, or is that more about South Carolina's offensive line? Carolina's offensive line, look, I thought they did a pretty good job again the other day. They had that one stretch. Spencer Rollins struggled a little bit against Nick Hampton, but look, that's a a guy that I think is about as good as any FBS pass rusher this season. Um, I thought they did a good job of recovering from that. They're off to a good start, but how do they handle themselves against a Georgia State defensive line that looked really good in week one? Man, great stuff there, Anthony. All in on all that. Appreciate you bringing in what we've already seen from Georgia State last week against another FBS opponent. I think that's really helpful um, to to be thinking on. On on the pace or downs conversation, I've been all week in the keep downs out camp. Uh, For me, it's like I just – like if he's 100%, no brainer. But to me, mm-hmm. if he's anything less than 100%, based on what Pesor showed last week, that to me gives Mac Brown and Long and Coach Longo all the confidence in the world to say, just let Downs rest, which actually means two weeks of rest because of the off week. But I totally see and understand the argument from people as well about, yeah, but we need to get him back in the rhythm and the routine uh, mm-hmm. before we've got that week off, get the rust out. And so that makes a ton of sense. To me, one of the things I'm really curious to see is Coach Brown has said now uh, throughout this week um, that perhaps the offense is looking a little fat and happy after their performances. And I'm really curious to hear and see, which maybe we will, maybe we won't. Is that coach speak? Is it a coaching technique to to not let them get fat and happy? Or is that a real thing that's been happening this week? It's a young crew. And so I'm really curious to see how the offense comes out in round number three this year. Um, The one big other thing that I'm really curious to see how it continues to play out is given the fact that Carolina had these two true freshman starters last week um, in in Hampton and um, Andre Green coming in at receiver, which, by the way, isn't a Josh Downs thing. He started of his own volition. It's Kobe Pesor starting for Josh Downs. Mm -hmm. So you had at quarterback, running back, and the three receivers, all true or redshirt freshmen, 
And then on the line and tight end, you had all seniors and grad students. This is a really interesting experience gap to watch for me. How does this um, more old and experienced offensive line and tight end with Morales um, help bring along these young skill position guys? So far, it's been looking good. Love what you said about the O-line and got to continue to do it. And uh, man, I'm really curious to see how long can Drake may last before he throws his first ever pick as a starter? It's going to be really interesting to see. Just again, it goes back to all that decision making you're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I love what you said, Anthony. To me, it's not about Drake may having to keep up these gaudy numbers. It's just about continuing to make the right decisions and the right reads, um, get freaking down when he's running <laughs> and uh, things like that. So all this great stuff. Can't wait to see how the offense continues to roll right along. We're going to go to the other side of the ball in just a second. Hear what Anthony has to think about when Georgia State has the ball. But let me remind you first that we are right in the beginning stages of our drive for five. We are just inside of two months out from the Carolina's first basketball game of the season. And so we're making a two-month push to get to 5,000 YouTube subscribers here on Locked, in, Locked on Tar Heels. The first couple days of this have been great. We've just come really close to 4,000. And so we're going to keep on pushing and trucking. Would love to have you on board with this community as we get ready for basketball season. All right, Mr. Pagnata, let's flip it to the opposite side of the ball. What is happening in this game when Georgia State is on offense? Wow. Well, we we let, let's let's hope that it's better than what we saw the other day, and really the first two weeks. Uh, I, I mean, look, it, it's honestly it's it's one of those things where you just you really don't know what's going to happen. But I think that when you're looking at what you should focus on, number one for me is communication, because you've hmm. noticed in both weeks so far that there have been miscommunications. Uh, this is. I am, it's something that I guess I didn't really recognize as much the first time that he was here. And it was probably because I was a little bit younger, really wasn't as focused um, on, you know, exactly what Gene Chizik was doing, more focused on the results. Yeah. This is a zone heavy scheme. And and I don't, I, I don't know how well it fits some of these guys that are here, hmm. but it's something that they have to adjust to. It's just that simple. They've got to make the adjustment. And I don't think they have so far. Um, and, and they've got to do that moving forward. They need to have better communication on the back end. This staff talks so much about that. Um, and it, it looked like heading into the season that the staff felt pretty confident that these guys had made strides in that area. But there were multiple times the other day, and it was even more egregious on some of the plays where Chase Bryce missed his receiver, where yeah. guys were just running open. I mean, look at the two-point conversion the two play. Point, yes. <laughs> where App State could have taken the lead 57-56. He overthrows them, but there was nobody there. He, I mean, you had guys primarily, uh, it looked like nickel corners and linebackers passing guys off to nobody. So it's there has to be better communication because you can't have those moments where you let guys down. Number two, you know, I hate singling out guys because it seems like I'm going after certain players. Sure. But I think for this guy, it's not really going after him. It's more challenging him to step up. Hmm. I, I need to see Storm Duck really yeah. start to step his game up because the first two games of the year have been rough 
from him. I mean, he's let up four touchdowns already this season. He let up three the other day. And this is a guy that I know is capable of being that lockdown quarter. We saw it his freshman season. And I don't know if it's Gene Chizik's system. I don't know what's if the injuries have caught up to him, whatever. But I, I need to see him sort of get his feet back under him, become a little more confident, because Carolina needs him on the outside. Yeah. I thought, you know, for the most part, you know, Tony Grimes, I mean, the, the, the coverage numbers the other day weren't great, but I thought Tony Grimes looked pretty solid. I thought the other side, that, that, that was the area where Carolina was getting exposed a little bit. So we need to see, you know, a guy like Storm Duck and some of the other veterans in that secondary really step up and, and you know, own the fact that, look, we haven't been good so far, but we need to sort of take a step forward. Number three, this is one we've been looking for for a long time here. It, this defensive line needs to live up to the hype yeah. in this game. Yep. Yep. It's got to start here because here's the thing. If you can't get yourself in some sort of rhythm in this game, I, I find it really hard to believe you're going to do it against Notre Dame because that is one of the best offensive line units year in and year out. You have to be able to start getting something going in this game. And I, I want to see some of those guys step up. You know, Miles Murphy was a guy that I think we all thought could potentially have a breakout season this year. It hasn't really started off Not yet. like Not that yet. so far. Yep. You yep. need to see some of these edge rushers step up. I mean, I thought – the other day, you know, Des Evans made a nice play right out of the gate, kind of disappeared after that. You need to see more consistency from those guys up front. Let's see them get after the quarterback because I'm going to tell you, the numbers from a week ago, eight total pressures, two tackles for loss, one sack, that just isn't going to cut it. That's not going to do it. Especially no. not an ACC play. So you've got to start to step up. And then number four, this one really focuses on the linebackers. But again, it's just the team as a whole. You have got to tackle better in this game. That was so focused on by Gene Chizik and his staff. That was one of the things that he said needed to be cleaned up the most from the linebackers. And, and they've got to be able to do it in this game. Carolina has to be able to tackle these running backs to the ground. Because as we saw last year, Georgia State, and it's still true this year, they are a run-heavy team. Yes. They do not yes. have a quarterback that's going to tear you up, although with Carolina's secondary right now, who knows? Um, but this is a team that's going to lean on the run game early and often. And look, as bad as Carolina's secondary was and that pass defense was against App State, their run defense wasn't much better. 288 no. yards on the ground was not great, and they allowed – 10 uh, running plays of 10 or more yards in that game. So they've got to be able to slow down the run in this game. And in order to do that, you've got to be able to tackle better. Um, so pretty much I, I just listed off every element of the defense. <laughs> yeah, enough said, right? Like, and uh, we're looking to see, like in the secondary, Legend Cavazos got got burned and hurt and uh, there, there was that penalty that holding defensive holding late in the game when uh, I think that was a, a play where Carolina was about to get off the field he's just getting back that's somebody I'm watching to see how is he able to get worked back in from missing all this time down the stretch leading up to gameplay but man Anthony has done a great job folks of laying out for us all of the various elements all the different levels as he talked about basically Got to see the defense improve. I, I think the bottom line is what Anthony started with. All offseason long, the word we heard preached was communication, 
and we got to see it, and we got to see how that turns into making tackles. That's how this game works. You tackle the person with the ball, you win more football games. I, it, it's rocket science, apparently, Mr. Pagnata, but there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, going to be a fun one on Saturday in Atlanta. Uh, can't wait to see how the Tar Heels respond after last week's game. Another Sunbelt opponent before a week off, and then Notre Dame cannot look past this team or they will burn you. Anthony, thanks so much for hopping in, joining us as always. Great stuff, brother. Thank you so, so much. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, hopefully we've got a little bit better defense to talk about, but the same offense at this point because uh, it's. I, I'll tell you, it's been a lot of fun, but uh, I, I got I to gotta ask this team, please do not put me on heart medication. I am only 26, all right? Let me get to a little bit later in my life before I have to go on bear or something. Maybe you should just go get a drink when when Carolina's on defense this week, and then that'll, oh, that'll help you out a little bit. That could be that could, that could be a long. I may not make it to the end of the game at that rate, dude. That's that's legit. Oh <laughs> man, <laughs> great stuff, Anthony. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's it for this week on Locked On Tar Heels. Can't wait to see what Saturday holds, and then obviously we will be recapping that game early next week. Uh, coming up will be that recap and then we'll have all sorts of great stuff in our off week and then looking ahead eventually towards Notre Dame. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow our man Anthony at HTB Anthony and make sure you check out the Heel Tough vlog. Him and our buddy Josh Marlowe. What a good dude. And they put out great content. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. Get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. We hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, regardless of whether it's here or there or somewhere in between. And we want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a target. Until next week, peace.